Well, we continue this morning with the I am statements of Jesus. Uh, those statements found in the Gospel of John, where Jesus says, I am, and then fills in the blank uh, with a metaphor to help us get a better understanding of who he is, a better picture of our God and King. And so really, the I am statements are basically answering the overarching question, who is Jesus? And that's what we've been looking at this summer, and we'll do again today. So last week, I am the good shepherd. Uh, this week, I am the door. Uh, both of those are found in John chapter 10, uh, which you will find if you're using the Bible under the chair in front of you on page 896. And what we find in that first part of the chapter is really a mixed metaphor. Mixed metaphor of door and shepherd. Jesus begins chapter 10 as a shepherd, and then he quickly transitions into being a door, and then all of a sudden he's back to being a shepherd again. And at first read, it can be kind of confusing. Uh, but we're not alone. We're not the first people to be a bit confused by this. Uh, John records that himself in verse 6 when he says, even they did not understand what Jesus was saying to them. So, we're in good company if it doesn't make all that much sense at first. But this morning, we're going to seek to better understand uh, what Jesus is saying in verses 7 through 9 when he refers to himself as the door. Uh, but let's take a moment to pray, and then we will hear these words of Jesus. <clears throat> Lord God, we thank you that you have made yourself known to us through the living word, Jesus, the door. And we pray that now by the power of your spirit, you would help us to see him more clearly through this, your written word. That you would open the eyes of our hearts to hear and to believe. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. And so John chapter 10, beginning with verse 7. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is the abundant, life-giving word of God. So let's turn to it now. And as we turn to it, I'm, I'm reminded of the first time that I encountered grace. And I'm not talking about the grace of God. I'm talking about a young woman named Grace. Uh, grace Kunju Kunju. Uh, grace was a freshman and I was a sophomore in college. It was the first large group for our campus ministry organization. First large group of the year. So it was a Friday night in August. And right after the meeting, and, and I was uh, 
uh, going to be a small group leader that year. Right after the meeting, my co-leader, Christy, ran over to me, grabbed me by the arm, and said, I want you to meet somebody. And she pulls me over, and she taps this young woman on the arm, who then turns around, and Christy, with a big smile, says, Camper, this is Grace. Grace, this is Camper. And with a scowl on her face, she says, Oh, we've already met. So let me dial back about an hour and a half. I was on my way to large group, and it was, as I said, the first uh, large group meeting of the year. And for the first time, we were meeting in the, the downstairs of our relatively new student center. And I was headed to the door that leads downstairs. And so as I walked, I was looking down. I pushed open the door. I was anticipating the stairs in front of me. And I still remember very clearly pushing it open and going, where are the stairs? And I looked up and I realized I was in the women's restroom. (laughs) Oh, you laugh, don't you? Well, Grace was not laughing. This young woman turns around with this pretty angry look. And I said, whoa, I'm sorry, I am in the wrong place. (laughs) Yes, you are. So, as I said, shortly after that, I would find out her name is Grace. And then in all of God's uh, humor, guess who was in my small group that year? <laughs> now, I know that that story is, uh, is a bit humorous, but my point in telling it is that it matters which door we go through. Now, in that case, it really wasn't all that big of a deal. I was able to back out quickly and go through the right door. But when it comes to eternity, when it comes to to eternity. It matters eternally which door you enter. And that's what Jesus is getting at in these few verses. Jesus says, I am the door. It's the most succinct of the seven I am statements. And this morning, we're going to take a look at the door as the entry point. The entry point to salvation and security. That's what we're going to look at. Salvation and security are two points for the morning. And so first, salvation. Uh, Jesus begins this section with verses 7 and 8 by saying, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Now clearly, Jesus is the door of the sheep, with the the sheep uh, being the people of God, the community of faith, God's family. And he he refers to thieves and robbers, and and those would be uh, false messiahs, misleading religious leaders, uh, some of the very people that he's talking to in this passage, and some of the very people that we encounter today as well. And Jesus emphasizes that the true sheep cling to him and to his life-giving, authoritative word. The sheep cling to Jesus, who is the door to true salvation. And then we come to the key verse. Verse 9, the key verse of our passage where Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved 
and will go in and out and find pasture. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, through me, he will be saved. Will be saved. Salvation. Think about that for a moment. What Jesus is getting at is the salvation that you most deeply long for. The salvation that I most deeply long for. And and when you think about salvation, it is the grandest of themes. The greatest theme running through film, TV, books, music, the stories we tell, the lives that you and I live. Might be a title like Shawshank Redemption. Or maybe the plot line of rebel forces being saved from the evil empire. Or maybe it's Supergirl rescuing the city. Or a song about a man seeking salvation through his relationship with a woman. Or that athlete who is given the opportunity to redeem him or herself in the game. We seek salvation through money, sex, Substance, power. We seek it in in our accomplishments, our acquisitions, even our appearances. And it all points to the greatest, most significant salvation of all. Rescue from our sin and brokenness. Restoration of our fallen world and lives, reconciliation with God, our Creator. And this verse clearly teaches that Jesus is the door. Not a door, but the door to true salvation. Jesus is the only way to God. Which echoes another of the I am statements, one that we'll get to in a few weeks, where Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Now, Jesus is using, as I said, we've got a a mixed metaphor going on here. And so, uh, Jesus, not only just speaking of shepherd and door, but, but, but overall, the bigger picture of sheep, Shepherd, sheepfold, how that all works together. And this imagery was a central part of Israel's story. Not only as a a Bedouin people, uh, but especially as the people of God. So the the sheepfold or or the sheep pen uh, was usually attached to the shepherd's home. And thus to enter the sheepfold was to come home. And as the door of the sheep, Jesus is the only means of coming home to God. The only means of becoming a member of the household of faith. And if if you were here last week, that is the the very thing that we celebrated in the baptism of Pat Choi. When he was up here and he was washed in that water, what it was representing was this. Patrick publicly declaring that he wholeheartedly believes that Jesus is who he said he is. And that Jesus did what he said he'd do. That Jesus is God and that he came to earth to die for our sins. That we fully deserve to die 
for those sins, both physically and spiritually. That we fully deserve to be separated from God eternally. But God. But that God in Christ died in our place. That he who was sinless took upon himself the guilt of our sin and died for us. And just as Patrick did last week, those in Christ truly recognize and wholeheartedly believe that no one else could die as our substitute. But that Jesus both could and did. And thus, as James Boyce says, Jesus literally became the door by which sinful people can approach God the Father. Uh, Later, the author of the book of Hebrews calls Jesus a new and living way. Or Paul, who writes in Ephesians that through him we have access to the Father. Now again, Jesus is using vivid imagery here. I mean, because we're all familiar with doors. We go in and out of doors every day. And Jesus says, I am that door. Now, in in terms of pastoral practice in in the ancient Near East, the the shepherd was literally, okay, the shepherd was literally the human door to the sheep pen. And so what I mean by that is that he actually lay across the opening at night. He lay across the opening at night, and so this was central to the sheep's safety. He was acting as, as the savior from any threat that would come from outside of the fold. And so Jesus is, of course, using this picture in the context of salvation. Because you see, our our spiritual rescue and safety are ensured in Him and in Him alone. Irish uh, pastor uh, Mark Johnston comments, Two points stand out in this verse. The first is the unrestricted offer that Jesus makes. The other is the restricted route that he maps out. The promise of salvation is for anyone, anyone who enters. But the actual experience of salvation is only for those who enter by me. Such exclusivism isn't popular in this age of openness and relativism, But has there ever been an age when that message in its truest sense has been popular? And yet, it is a message that makes perfect sense. I mean, think about it for a moment. We're all familiar with the mighty Titanic. That invincible ship. And yet, when a ship is sinking, there is only one place that people can be saved. And it's in the lifeboats. And so it is with a world that is sinking, sinking in sin and brokenness, sinking down into the depths of God's judgment. The only safe place for sinners is in the Savior, Jesus. He is the only door to true salvation. And that salvation, that is the salvation that you and I most deeply long for. And with that salvation comes true security. Our next point. 
Second, security. And again, verse 9, where Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And will go in and out and find pasture. He will go in and out and find pasture. Now, does that phrase, go in and out, does that strike anybody as a bit odd? I mean, when I was first reading, I'm going, so uh, in and out? I mean, is Jesus saying that we can come and go in and out of God's family? That we can go in and out of his kingdom or, or in and out of salvation? No. No, that's not what he's saying at all. Jesus is not saying that we go in and out of God's family, but rather he is speaking to the freedom and safety, to the security of open pasture and a secure home for all the sheep under the care of the shepherd, the good shepherd, who is also the door. So that that phrase, go in and out, that phrase, it's actually a Hebrew idiom meaning freedom, or, or more specifically, freedom without fear. You see, to be able to go in and out means security. And so here's what I mean. Here, here's how these, these folks would have heard it in that day. Because in the first century Middle East, when someone could go in and out without fear, you know what that meant? It meant that their nation was at peace. It meant that their king had the country's fair, affairs under control. But when there was danger, the people couldn't go in and out. They were shut in to the city. Well, here Jesus promises security for those who trust in him. And that security includes not only his protection, but also his provision. His provision in all things. And hence the phrase, find pasture. They will go in and out and what? Find pasture. So find pasture indicates an assurance of God's provision. God's assured provision for the sheep. Now, if you are familiar with, with Palestine at all, and I, and I know that some of you have been there, you, you probably know that it's pretty barren land for the most part. Uh, good pasture is something that's, that's hard to find, and so to be assured of good pasture, that is a huge blessing. I mean, think about David's reflection in Psalm 23. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. And here we see that through Jesus, we enter into a security that includes both the protection of Jesus and also his provision in all things. To be truly safe and eternally secure, that's what we're promised in Jesus. Again, Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Jesus is the doorway, our entry point into salvation and security. But here's the key, and don't miss it, because it is not enough just to recognize the door or even to acknowledge that it exists, you've got to enter through the door. I mean, you got up this morning, you got in your car or somebody's car, you drove over here, you got in the 
parked in the parking lot, and you walked up the pathway. You could have just walked up to the church building. You could have recognized, hey, there's the front door. I acknowledge that it exists. But if you hadn't entered through the door, you would still be out there suffering in the heat and humidity. It's oppressive out there. Isn't it much nicer in here? Okay, have you ever been in an airport and and you missed a flight? Okay, and I'm talking about missing a flight because it's your fault. Okay, so so maybe maybe you're you're hanging out in the lounge a little bit too long. Uh, You're you're in that restaurant enjoying your meal a little bit uh, too much or reading that good book that you just got in the, uh, the airport bookstore. Maybe caught up in a conversation with a friend. Maybe you fell asleep. But all of a sudden, there's that moment. There's that moment when the door to the airplane is shut. And you could be running down the concourse, almost at the gate, seeing the flight attendant saying, no, wait, I am almost there. But you are too late. The door is closed. And it's locked. And no one else is getting on board. Or think of Noah and the ark. When the just judgment of God rained down, which side of the door of the ark would you want to be on? Inside, safe and secure, or outside? Drowning to death. Jesus is the ark of God's salvation. And He is also the door to that salvation. And once inside, you are truly safe and eternally secure. You know what else? Nothing, nothing can knock down that door. Nothing can knock down that door and separate you from the love of Christ once inside. But you know what else? The door himself has laid down his life for his sheep. That we might enter in and come home to God, that we might enter in and have life and have it abundantly forever. If you are here this morning and you are a Christian, you are in Christ, then you are safe and secure for eternity. And that should give you real encouragement and real hope, even in the darkest of days and the hardest of times. If you're here this morning and you are not a Christian, you are not in Christ, friend, the door is still open. Jesus says, come. Come. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me and find rest for your souls. The door is still open, but it won't always be. If you have never entered in through the door of Jesus, then I invite you to do so now. And to enter in is to simply believe. To believe, to take Jesus at His word, to trust in Him and His finished work, on the cross, on your behalf. 
I invite you to simply admit your helpless, sinful state before God in your hearts. And then to trust Jesus. To trust Him as the forgiver of your sin and as the giver of new life in Him. If you have believed that, then friend, you are a new creation. It is the beginning of a new life, a renewed life. It is the beginning of life eternal. And you are now safe and secure. And I don't just call you friend now. I call you brother or sister. Or more importantly, child of God. And this is the best news that could ever come into your life. And I'd encourage you to share it with somebody after the service today. We would love to celebrate that good work of God in your life. Anybody that you have seen up front this morning, we'd be glad to talk with you after the service. I'm going to be hanging out in the comments where you entered in this morning. And for all of us, for all of us, let's always remember that Jesus is the door. There is no other. It's only by Him, through Him, in Him that we find true salvation for our souls. That salvation that we most deeply long for. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, You who are the door and the shepherd. We thank you for making a way and for inviting us in. We thank you that you are the one true door who has opened up salvation to us through your cross. We thank you that you have laid down your life for us so that we might enter in, that we might come home to God, that we might be safe and secure for eternity. And so we pray now. Would you help us to trust you always and all things? Amen.